You're listening to Decoding Healthcare Innovation with Carrie Nixon and Rebecca Gwilt, a podcast for novel and disruptive business leaders seeking to transform how we receive and experience healthcare. Hi there, this is Carrie Nixon, and welcome to another episode of Decoding Healthcare Innovation. I am thrilled today to be joined by one of my good colleagues and friends, Casey Papp. Casey is actually an attorney here with Nixon Gwilt Law, and today we're going to be talking about a hot new buzz phrase, hospital at home. Uh, that can mean different things to different people, but before we dive into that as a really kind of new and interesting healthcare innovation, I want to ask Casey to talk a little bit about her background in this space, uh, and we can go from there. Okay. So hi, I'm Casey Papp, and uh, thanks for having me, Carrie. Um, Absolutely. I have been basically working in the digital healthcare space for the past 10 years, some nonprofit work, uh, a little bit of a telepsychiatry kind of startup environment. And then before coming to Nixon Globe, was at New York Presbyterian for a number of years. And for the last couple of those, I was on their digital health team. I worked with everything from our telehealth initiatives to our remote patient monitoring programs. I helped uh, get five or so of those off the ground while I was there. And as I was spending the last of my time before coming there, I was helping them to start to begin to build their hospital home program. Wow. So, okay. You've really seen things from both side of the, sides of the equation, because I know here with your work with Nixon Gwilt Law, you have been working with a lot of digital health companies and, and that might potentially be vendors in the hospital at home space. So, um, so you have really kind of a unique perspective, both from the hospital side and from the digital health side. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about that. Um, <clears throat> I want to start off by saying when we hear the phrase hospital at home, which we're hearing a lot these days, uh, it actually can mean a couple of different things. Uh, it can mean a specific CMS program, but it can also mean more about uh, more than that. Can you sort of dive into that a little bit and explain uh, some of the nuances of, of what hospital at home may or may not mean? Yeah, absolutely. So when you think about hospital at home, that right now is kind of being used again, like you said, as a buzzword to encompass really care at home. So everything from skilled nursing to when you think about remote patient monitoring is care at home. And if it's being done through a hospital, that could be hospital care at home. But the actual phrase hospital at home is generally meant to refer to CMS's waiver program for basically acute care at home. So when we're thinking about taking an inpatient stay during these waivers, CMS is allowing an inpatient stay to be done completely at home for a patient and for the reimbursement that a hospital would get they would then get that for the at-home stay. So whether it was in the hospital walls or at home, the reimbursement rate's the same. So really there's a lot of different things, again, that can be considered care at home, but the way that you can put them into the right buckets has a lot to do with how they're being paid for. So the same thing like reimbursement for remote patient monitoring is going to be on the fee schedule. Then you're going to have the DRG that's paid for the hospital at home, acute care at home program. And then, you know, skilled nursing is paid for on a completely different way. So it's fascinating to think about acute care 
that would typically be provided in a hospital setting actually happening at home, right? That seems like a really big deal. Uh, I guess we now we now have the technology uh, and the devices and the infrastructure to potentially bring that acute care uh, to home. And it's, um, you know, it is, it's really interesting to think about uh, how, you know, years ago that wouldn't have even been imaginable. But for a hospital system who, who frankly relies on reimbursement for days that patients spend in the bed at their hospitals, this is like a whole new opportunity, right? Because they can provide that same care at home for the same reimbursement, but also they're having beds freed up to pay other patients. Do you think that um, this, you know, what do you see as sort of the future of this waiver program? First of all, did it come about as part of COVID? And, um, and second, sort of what would you sort of predict if you had to about the future? Sure. So they've been considering this program in the way that the acute care at home waiver has been put into place for, I think it's now going on just shy of 10 years. Uh, CMMI has looked at this program and did a whole pilot study with uh, Mount Sinai, I think is the one who kind of got this off the ground and then really thinking about the way that reimbursement could work in the future with this program. The waiver during COVID, as COVID did with everything, has really kind of thrown digital health, you know, fast forward three to five years where we thought we'd be in three to five months. And so, yes, COVID absolutely has made it so CMS committed to finally putting in a payment structure for this. And again, the waiver is contingent on the public health emergency. But with that being said, they also recognize that the genie is out of the bottle, if you will, and that there does need to be a permanent payment structure in place. People say that maybe it won't still be a one-to-one, just like some of the flexibilities that they've put in place for telehealth will continue to be a one-to-one reimbursement. But even if you go to the point where they get to and say potentially it could be 85% of the DRG, that's still a considerable value to having the patient at home when you're also looking at potential reimbursement or potential, I should say, gains in the value space. So better patient outcomes, uh, different opportunities to enter into value-based arrangements if it isn't just this, the DRG or percentage of that. There's a lot of opportunities because it's it's showing to be improved care, if you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, so just for some of our listeners who may not be familiar, DRG kind of represents the reimbursement amount that a hospital gets for certain sets of services that they provide to patients in the hospital. And so in, in hospital at home, they're getting that reimbursement, you know, for those services in the home home setting. Um, super, super interesting. And so as we think about um, hospital at home and we think about healthcare innovation in general, what role do digital health companies have to play in general in in the hospital at home space? And what are some examples of types of companies? Sure, absolutely. So I've been in this position and often I have clients who come and say, we're a remote patient monitoring company. We want to do hospital at home. And 
of course, there is a huge opportunity for remote patient monitoring to be a component of hospital at home. So I guess first company type is a, a remote monitoring uh, digital health company, I think is absolutely a great fit for hospital at home. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that company is ready to take on the entire patient journey that's required to kind of fit and meet all of the different components of the hospital at home program. There are, there are components like in-person uh, nursing services that need to be met on a daily basis. There's also a telehealth component when you think about the, the provider who's responsible for the overall uh, opportunity, the overall visit for the patient, that they're going to be rounding on the patient on a daily basis. So you need to have a, an interactive video platform. There's a lot of logistics involved in hospital at home when you think about needing to have mobile phlebotomy if you need blood draws, if you need to have food delivery even. You know, you don't think necessarily that food delivery is a, a digital health component, but it's, a, it's definitely a, an indicator of whether or not a patient's going to get better if they have access to the appropriate nutrition, and in a hospital they would. Also, things like uh, lab lab kits, if you're testing for certain things, having those type of innovative ways of testing for different things at home, there's a huge opportunity for that. So as much as it is remote patient monitoring, absolutely, there's also the, the digital health technology platforms, the clinical staffing models that can meet these needs, the, again, the laboratory and the the ways of having different services delivered to the patient's house are all different components. Because when you say you're going to take a patient who is just going to be in inpatient in a hospital and move them home, you have to be able to meet every single one of the needs that would have been met within the four walls of the hospital. Yeah, that's actually a big task. Um, I mean, I think there's a tendency to think of hospital ho at home as simply virtual care. But but to your point, having these uh, sort of, you know, at-home uh, visits um, as necessary, right, whether it's for a blood draw or whatever, uh, is, is a really com important component. Um, it seems to me as well that hospital at home lends itself to paying some attention to the social determinants around a patient um, and addressing those social determinants. How is it that um, hospitals are supposed to go about demonstrating that they can provide in a home setting basically everything that they can provide in a hospital setting? How does that work? Sure. So to even get the waiver through CMS's process, this is actually something that has maybe potentially been a limiting factor for some uh folks to get involved in this space is that you need to be able to represent that you can support the entire program to CMS in order to get the waiver. So you need to be able to show in every single thing that you have in place that's going to meet every single factor of the waiver before you can get it. So this has been something where when you think of maybe an innovative program that would be introduced in the hospital world, often you'll see it happen as a pilot. There's no real way to pilot hospital at home because if you have to spend the money to put it all in place in the first place, chances are a pilot is not going to give you the ROI that you'll need to make that investment worth its while. 
So you need to be able to show that you have either a relationship with a vendor and again, a great place for digital health companies to come in and to be able to sell themselves as filling in the pieces of a hospital at home program where maybe a hospital doesn't have that already available, or you're going to need to be able to show that you've built it from within as a hospital. And again, that can be a a difficult choice if you're trying to say, do you have all the resources already? And now is there enough bandwidth with all of the vendors and relationships that you have as a hospital system to now build this entire acute care at home program? Yeah. So what does a hospital look for when they're seeking partners or vendor relationships to make hospital at home work? What are some of the most important things that they're seeking? So I think I've seen a lot of success with vendors who really understand that the unique needs of each hospital are different and also recognizing even something as much as location is different. Because when you think about logistics and getting all of these different things to the home of someone who lives on the 30th floor of a New York City high rise versus someone who lives more in a remote area where weather may be, t- may be difficult, you may be up against snowstorms. So the logistical challenges are mm-hmm. very different. And you still have to be able to ensure that there is a plan and an emergency plan for all of these. So I think one thing is the hospitals are looking for are vendors who understand this. Also, those who are coming in and they are able to show that their technology is user-friendly and has really thought about the patient populations that are going to be operating in this space. Because when you think about the Medicare population and the demographics there, if you have really complex systems and devices that are necessary to do this, that's going to be really hard not only to convince a patient that it's safe to go home, but also then to convince them that they're going to be able to do all of the things that would have been necessary that someone would have done for them in the hospital. So I think it's recognizing the patient population, the barriers that the hospital is facing, and also recognizing that there's a huge change management component to hospital at home that's going on at the organizational level, because you're taking clinicians who have been operating in a specific way their entire working career and asking them now to comfortably say, you know what, I would have actually admitted you and you'd have gone upstairs and I'd have known exactly what was going to happen after that. But I'm going to send you home and I'm sure that we can do just as good there, if not better. There's as much of a component of having to get the clinicians on board and the hospital system itself as much as there is recognizing what it's going to take to help explain this to a patient and to have them, again, also be comfortable with all the pieces that are going to follow from there. Yeah, it's a great point. I can see very clearly um, practitioners who are used to, you know, operating in an in-hospital setting going, ain't no way we can do this stuff at home, right? There's no way. Um, how do you How do you think about getting clinicians on board with a program like this? I mean, I think that it starts really at a, from a hospital perspective, it starts at the top. I mean, you really have to have organizational buy-in at every single level. And it really is a commitment of the entire organization to decide that this is worthwhile from not only the organization's perspective, but their patient population. 
And I think it also is getting some, you know, champions on board who are already comfortable with some maybe other digital health technologies and how they're interfacing with those and how they've already recognized, you know, better patient outcomes from, you know, maybe some less holistic uh, types of care that are being done through digital platforms. So I think that getting some champions on board, and again, it's really a, an organizational commitment to doing this. It's very hard to just have one doctor championing to championing the idea of moving sick patients home and taking care of them well. Yeah. Um, so, so what do what do patients think about it? Like, does it make them nervous to not be in the hospital, or are they delighted to be at home? I can imagine a scenario where patients just might be they might be doing better from a mental and, and psychological perspective because they're at their home. Like how do you know, have you, have you seen whether they seem to appreciate this model or whether it makes them real nervous? Sure. I would all, always say, I mean, your point of entry into the acute hospital home program is the emergency room. That is one of the requirements. And oh, I'm okay. sure you can imagine that if you've not ever had any exposure to this at first from the emergency room, you really do have to have a great care coordination plan in place where not only are you making sure that the patients are the right fit, for the program, of course, if you already don't have access to things that would be as of social determinants of health, if you don't have access to a support system, you don't have access to housing, you already have a food scarcity issue going on, it's probably not the right fit for you to be in the program. So I think there's really it's really important to have the right screening measures in place to get the right patient population. But once patients are home, they're already showing that overall patient satisfaction and patient outcomes are improved across the board for hospital home programs. You also have to think that you don't have things that are happening like hospital acquired infection rates are not of a concern. The patient is in their own home surrounded by the things that they're comfortable with. You know, it feels less limiting, like you are stuck in a certain place, but you get to, you know, be around the things if you have pets, for instance, and it's appropriate and safe for them. You're not worried about what's going to happen there. It's much easier. You don't have visiting hours at your own home. All of those things mm-hmm. lend themselves to just an overall better um, patient interaction. Yeah, I can imagine that. I mean, fortunately, the only time I was in the hospital was uh, when I delivered my my daughter. And, uh, you know, it's not pleasant to be in there. <laughs> Even like the, the I had like night and a half or two nights that I, I was in there, you know, you're woken up constantly. There's all kinds of noises. People are checking on you at all hours and, and, um, you know, it's disrupting your ability to sleep and, and, um, just get comfortable and you're in the terrible hospital gown and all that stuff. So, you know, to the degree that you can move something like that to a much more comfortable setting, I can see where it might be easier to relax into that care. All right, so let's script, flip the script for a moment and come at this from the perspective of a digital health company that is looking, that would like to, to partner in some way, shape, or form with a hospital at home program. Uh, what, sh- what should they be thinking about? I think it's absolutely thinking about whether or not in, at your size and where you're looking to grow, if you're ready to tackle, you know, a a portion of what is required to meet a hospital at home program, or if you are looking to basically build, there are a handful of 
of players in the game who have, you know, come at the hospital at home space from being a one-stop shop. I don't necessarily think that that is, is needed from everyone. Of course, there's different avenues to take, but I think no matter where you are in your journey, you can decide that you have the best remote monitoring platform there is, and you're going to go to hospitals and show them why that's going to be the the best for them, where you're going to, again, fit, maybe it's the mobile phlebotomy space, the logistics, the whatever the piece of it is, going to a hospital, one thing that you need to make sure is that you are ready for the things that come along with partnering with the hospital. It may be a, a little bit of a slower process to get into a hospital. There are a lot more systems reviews, making sure that you've got all of the compliant processes in place that hospitals are going to be double checking to make sure that you have, uh, making sure that you have the right security systems on your programs is really important and will get you through the tech audits a lot faster if you've thought about these things ahead of time. They're really looking to see that you're ready to partner with the health system, which can mean added levels of scrutiny. I think it's also being ready to go into the hospital and making sure that you're not trying to tell them what they need. And instead, you're really trying to figure out like what the needs of that particular health system is. Because the last thing that a bunch of clinicians want when you come in is for you to tell them all the problems they're having instead of listening to where they're actually finding their pain points. Because if you can listen to those particular pain points from those individuals and you can solve their problems instead of telling them what their problems are, you'll I, I have found that that is a much more uh, reliable approach to success. Yeah, I mean, it seems obvious, right? Or it seems like it should be obvious, but it is absolutely the case that vendors, I think in any industry, frankly, go in there saying, I can do this. I'm going to solve this, this, and this problem for you without ever actually asking what the pain points are, right? And taking the time to listen. So, so uh, yeah, that is that is that is a, an important lesson to learn sort of across the spectrum. And yet, you know, based on our experience, certainly um, hospitals can be a very long sales cycle. So, uh, you know, if, if you are, if you are a digital health company that is, um, you know, looking to get into hospital at home programs, uh, you've got to be prepared for that long process of evaluation and scrutiny, just as you said, especially around privacy and security and, and, and all of that, that good stuff. Well, so let's see, Casey, if you could leave us with uh, just a thought or two on the future of uh, hospital at home and maybe health at home in general, um, you know, a, one key takeaway, what do you think that would be? I think it is really saying that this is a huge step towards CMS's investment in the future of everything turning to value-based care. I think hospital at home really does show that that's where we're going. We know that, but this is a really big step for them to recognize that there is and a lot of potential to be value-based relationships around shifting these care models in less from what we've always considered to be the way that things need to be done. And that needs to be you know, within four walls in person and really recognizing yeah. that there is potential 
savings for payers and potential savings for health systems, which will ultimately result, you know, in being able to also then provide better care because we're going to see better outcomes in those value-based relationships. Yeah, totally agree. I think healthcare is at home in the future uh, as much as it possibly can be. And uh, I think that I think that's going to be for the good of everyone. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Again, I love the perspective that you bring both from, you know, being in-house at, at a hospital, a large health system, but also from working with, um, you know, hand in glove with some of the vendors of the digital health companies that are parts of these, uh, part of these amazing uh, healthcare innovations. So, uh, you know, you can always reach out to Casey. Um, uh, if you want to learn a little bit more, she'd be happy to talk with you. Um, please stay tuned for the next episode of Decoding Healthcare Innovation. And thank you, Casey. We'll see everyone next time.